The 412th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Free Roll Football Contest. Join our free season-long pick'em for a chance to win $300 in a Super Bowl autographed SGP helmet. Sign-up link in the SGPN app. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the Underdog Fantasy Pick'em in college or NFL and win up to 20 times in one game. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. And finally, we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any NFL game only in the DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. Adiota Generinos, and welcome to episode 412 of the MMA Gambling Podcast, the sports gambling podcast network dedicated to my children for roughing it and going back to school and surviving the first day. So only what 200 and plus more school days to go before summer again. So thank you for coming to the show. I'm sure there's lots of school children listening. So I hope you all are enjoying back to school as well. This is episode, as I said, 412 of the MMA gambling podcast, and this is a UFC pay-per-view episode. So a, a fun one. I'm one of the hosts, Jeff chalks, Fox. We're going to break. T- it, we're going to continue our world travel. Actually, we were last week. We were in Paris. We were somewhere the week before, too. Hmm. Singapore. Singapore, says a voice <laughs> in my ear. So now we're headed back. It would have been would have made more sense for them to do the pay-per-view right after Singapore because we're going back to that side of the world. We're going to Sydney, New South Wales, Australia this weekend to break down UFC 293. We're not actually going there, but we're going to pretend we're going to go there. And uh, riding shotgun with me. I'm going to let him, to, uh, him decide whether or not we're going to talk about the trash season of Dana White Contender Series that's currently <laughs> ongoing, or if we're just going to skip talking about that at all. Let's, let's bring him in. It's the Gumby man. Not God anymore. He's just a man. It's uh, Daniel Vreeland. Hello. I am a mere mortal this season, it would appear. Um, yeah, not a great night. It's not just night. the picks. It's not just yeah, the Yeah, I mean, like, you're right. It, it's kind of a dud of a season, and I'm not sure it's, like, the talent level that it's a dud, because we've seen – I've seen guys I'm really high on who both went, won and lost, but look just like – completely different versions of themselves. Like, you know, I'm, I'm obviously from this past week talking about Chad Hanicum, who, you know, is a guy who I've watched. He, he wants TKO to dude with two leg kicks. He threw two leg kicks. The dude couldn't stand up. It was a TKO. He threw an elbow in a clinch in his last fight. All four of the dude's limbs seized right up, put him out cold. Like he has got insane power and I, I don't know if he threw any punches. Like I, I Or leg kicks, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> well, he threw four leg kicks out the gate because I was like, oh, look at him. He's getting okay, those yeah. leg kicks going. And then he yeah, might yeah. not have ever thrown another one. Um, and instead, he tried to wrestle a dude who is a wrestler. It's a collegiate wrestler at Notre Dame College, which is a, a college. I think they do junior college or it's N1IA or NAIA or whatever the designation is. But it's a college that's given us tons of MMA fighters, including Cody Garbrand. So like he he chose to go in there and wrestle with a wrestler when he had a massive striking advantage. It just perplexes my mind how people are just 
not fighting like themselves. And he's not the first one. He's just the most no. frustrating recent one because he had a quality matchup and a beautiful line. And he, uh, I, I mean, it didn't even look like he wanted to win. And his cornerman, uh, this is the last thing I'll say, because we shouldn't throw <laughs> out about this. His cornerman, after two rounds of watching him pathetically try to wrestle a wrestler and fail, was like, we got to get back in the clinch. We got to get on top. And I was like, what? <laughs> How could you watch two rounds of him failing at that, see him tired, and be like, do you know what we got to do? That again. Because um, so that, yeah. that'll, that'll win a fight for you. Uh, clinching a guy for five minutes. Well, uh, it might win you a round, but yeah, you, you, you're two in the hole already at that point. Yeah, and I don't even think he thought he was going to win rounds that way. He just thought that was the best way to finish, which I don't I don't know how he thought that. Um, so, yeah, just weird, weird results. And also, you know, we were saying this off air when we were messaging each other, getting ready to set up and all that. I, I can't think of anybody who I'm, like, excited to see make their UFC debut outside of maybe Carlos Proches. Like, I, I think he yeah. might be the only one. Like, I, I am genuinely interested in whoever they match him up with. I'll, I'll be pumped to see that fight. But outside of that, like, man, I, I don't know who I'm all jacked up to see make their debut. I mean, maybe Josephine yeah. Knudsen, who didn't even get a contract to start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I just said the title of our episode, too. Two in the hole. So there you go. That, that's our title. Um yeah, I, I don't know. It's if Yanni's winning money, it's a bad season. <laughs> he's he's about break even right now. Crunches crunches yeah, crunch the numbers for nothing. us, and it's uh he's break even, and and I'm I'm definitely below that. So uh yeah, not a not a great season. We'll spin we'll spin it around. Still got half the season to go. Yeah, we'll keep it. And resume picks are still up money. Resume picks are up one hundred and sixty seven dollars. So even that's coming down. I uh, resume picks were only two and three last night. So it's still yeah. But I, I think it's good. The fact that Yanni is is winning means we're, we're on the right side. We're just catching back breaks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and think? like I said, well, like I said, like if you've been watching film, if you're the type of person who makes picks based on what you know about fighters from having watched them, they are not performing like they have in the past. That's the biggest issue right now, right? Like, you know, that main event, Bredson Hibiero, he's a guy who sometimes just comes in and swings wild hooks until somebody falls. Yesterday, he had one of the best light heavyweight jabs I've ever seen. And he was doing it to a guy who was shorter than him, had less reach than him. And, like, that's brilliant. That's great. And he's never fought that way. So, like, if you have good reads on people, those reads haven't been going well. If you've been going with wild trends and, like, just randomly picking people based on the fact that middleweight sometimes finish fights, uh, then you've been doing a little bit better. And, uh... I mean, I guess congrats. Uh, I'm going to say this this will at some point in time regress to the mean. I'm confident yeah. in our system. Yanni's over-under picks will eventually not hit. Because that's pretty much all of his picks are over-under picks. They, he he they, had one, one money line pick last night, I think, right? Uh, he might have had two. I, he, he did go He did go with... Um, uh, he did go against Hanukkah. Which again, right? Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. think it's a good read, but at the same time, it was right. So <laughs> it was. It's true. What else is right is DraftKings. DraftKings is right. And can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. NFL is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't miss offer for week one. This week, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single day, game day this September. Check the app to see what you 
get? Gumby says, pick the Cowboys. Cowboys. Take the Cowboys. Cowboys versus Giants Sunday night, isn't it? Didn't you say it was a night Sunday? It's a Sunday night football game. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So bet all all uh, all the DraftKings you can get on uh, on the Cowboys. Download now and use code SGP to sign up. New customers can take home two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly, just for betting five bucks. That's code SGP only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the of the NFL. The crown is yours. Oh boy, I can't talk already. And we just started. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Maybe it's like I said, maybe it's reading. Maybe I need to go back to school and learn how to read better. Game time. They don't need to go back to school. They got it all locked down. And I don't need to go to school for my segue at the very least. Uh, they've got a lockdown for tickets, especially if you're stressing out trying to buy last-minute tickets or trying to buy the find the best deal on tickets one stop shopping game time is the spot to go so download that game time app because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive uh, flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more aka mma the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Stack the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Let's stop talking about depressing Dana White contender series. And well, there'll be more depressing talk on Sunday. Don't worry. Um, is week six good at least, Dan? There's some names I really like. There's actually one matchup. I, I'm not sure I even have who I think is going to win that matchup. I'll, I'll spoil who I'm talking about. Uh, in week six, there's a fight between uh, Jan Matsuboto and Casey Tanner that should just be an absolute barn burner. It should be an absolutely phenomenal fight. It had, put it this way, it had like LFA title fight written all over it. Both guys were, you know, piecing people up in LFA. Actually, I, I think uh, Casey Tanner did more in CFFC, but he had made his way to LFA. It seemed like both guys were on like a collision course to fight for the belt and Bantamweight at, at LFA. And instead, we're getting it in uh, Contender Series. So that is a sick fight. Um, uh, LFA champion Julia Palastri is on that card. Um, so, yeah, like I, I think... I think there's potential, but I'm not going to go out on any limbs here because my limbs have not been uh, attached to my body. Okay. Because you're Gumby. You stretched it. You, you thought you could stretch and stretch and stretch, but no. Apparently his limbs are off his body now, and he's also cutting in and out of my earbuds, but I'm going to soldier on anyhow, Gumby. Hopefully you're not cutting in and out on the on the recording, or people will only hear half of your... Of your uh, oh, my witty comments. jokes? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, your, uh, your witty jokes. Now, now you got me completely worried. Uh, I'm going to have to listen to this immediately after we finish to make sure that I'm here. Hey, that one was perfect. No cutting out there. One time Gumby sent me the file and it was just me talking and it really freaked me out. I thought Gumby was an illusion <laughs> all this time in my mind. But no, he's a real living Gumby. All right. Enough being silly. Let's go to Australia, shall we? Buckle up and we'll fly or whatever. I guess we have to fly together. It's going to take... A long time. UFC 293, Adesanya versus Strickland. Yes, Sean Strickland in a championship fight. Uh, this is the UFC's sixth visit to Sydney and their first since UFC fight night. Verdum versus Tyburo, November 2017. Really? It's been that long since they've been to Sydney. Wow. 
Okay. They've been, they've been going to uh, to uh, Perth a lot. Perth has been right, their, yeah. their mainstay yeah. lately. Yep. Technically, it's happening September the 10th in Australia, but it's September 9th for the rest. Of, I, I shouldn't say the rest of us because we have listeners all over the world. Humble brag, but it's true. Uh, September 9th for us here recording in North America in the Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. This episode is all about the plans. Don't click off. It, prelims are good. We just struggled the past couple of weeks, but usually that's where we make our money. And we've got seven prelim fights for you. We're going to start with the early prelim card, which is 6.30 p.m. Last time I checked, no fights have fallen off as of yet. So, um, And we've got it on ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass. And we're starting with welterweight's Kevin Jousset versus, or is it Jousset? I guess, he's French. So I assume the T is silent. Jousset. Yes. Why am I asking You're correct. You're correct. You're correct. Versus Kiefer Crosby. So they're sending the Irish man and the French man halfway across the world when they were just had an event in their backyard. Uh, Jusse is not heading halfway across the world. He trains out of city kickboxing. Oh, right. Yes. Yes, I did hear that. All right. Let's break her down. Oh, well, that changed my pick. Let's see. Uh, Big Daddy Crosby is our first uh, guy we're going to break down here. <laughs> did I tell you what? Did I tell you the weight class here? Um, I told you it was welterweights because that's what it is. Big Daddy is 10 and 3. Five knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. He, this is his UFC debut. He's won two straight fights before that. He lost two straight. Before that, he won two straight. So I guess he's going to go on a two-fight losing streak as of now. Uh, last two wins have come via knockout or TKO. He went four and three in Bellator. He also had a, at least one pro boxing fight, or maybe not pro, though. He had an amateur boxing fight or exhibition boxing fight. He's at plus 145. Jusse is eight and two with four knockouts. He, he's been knocked out himself once. This is his UFC debut as well. He's three and zero, and six of his six and one over his last seven is not lost since July of twenty twenty two. TKO win in his last fight is a regional champion, or was. He's fight at middleweight, three years younger than Big Daddy, and he's minus one fifty five. Tell us about Juice. Tell us about both these people. Some people may not know about Crosby either. You know, kind of fun prospects. I would say that if you were handicapping what Crosby looks like, he loves to push forward. He loves to let go with his hands. He, he's a little bit on the wild side, um, particularly in his last fight. He fought Cowboy Oliveira, which is a really nice little win on his resume. And if you watch that fight, he stunned Oliveira kind of early and just was like, you know, throwing absolute haymakers to try to get Oliveira out of there. And you know, he eventually did get him out there. The the ref stopped it, but never really had the power to, like, put him away, put him away. Um, and I will say that that seems to be indicative of a lot of his fights. Like, even when he can tag a guy, he doesn't really have, like, one-touch power, but he swings like a guy who does, um, which isn't the best thing in the world, in my opinion. And I actually think it's kind of problematic when you fight a guy coming from city kickboxing, too. Because the thing you'll see about Jusse is... First of all, Loki, really good wrestler, which is not something you expect to say out of city kickboxing, but I really like his work in the clinch and I really like his work up against the cage. He gets low on the hips, uh, you know, like nice clinch takedowns in that way. Um, but the, it, also he rolls with punches exceptionally well. Uh, he, he fought Kit Campbell, who's kind of like a big deal in Australia in his last fight. Um, you know, like he's a, you know, a well-traveled veteran from Australia and you know, Campbell is, is a pressure guy, similar to the way that Crosby is. He got a backup against the cage. He kind of let go of his hands. And it's not that he didn't hit Jusse, but Jusse just, like, moves his head really well. He rolls with punches exceptionally well. And then he gets off the cage and lets his own offense go. And, and for that reason, that's kind of why I'm on Jusse here. I, I don't know 
you know, I don't know that I'm breaking the bank here out the gate because I don't think he's he's by far the better fighter here. But I think ultimately he's just like a little bit too crafty on the feet to get caught by Kiefer Crosby's craft. And then he's the more complete fighter here. He's the one with the grappling background. He's the one who can fight moving backwards and moving forwards. Whereas it's like Crosby seems to be pretty good when he's moving forward, but doesn't have one touch power. And like, that's all he does really well, in my opinion, is he moves forward. Um, whereas I like Jusse's all around game. I mean, I guess Crosby does have some submissions if you go way back, but it's they're not particularly against guys who could grapple him very well. And if you look at some of his losses, they are in the grappling department, right? Like you lost to Georgie Kiarki in, uh, in Bellator and, and that was, he got arm triangle choke. So I, I, uh, I, I like Jusse here, but ever so slightly. I'm going to go dog right out the gate. Uh, this is another one of my resume picks. Um, I like Crosby's resume much better. He's obviously faced a lot um, higher level of competition. Um, now that he's won all his fights, he, all three of his losses went in down in Bellator, but um, still, maybe I, I haven't learned yet. I haven't been burned enough by Irish prospects, apparently. I, I'm going to go back to the Irish well once again. Um, you, know you, Irish. Say, you know, as you say, mm. it definitely has a harder opponent than any of Kiefer Crosby's, right? Who did he fight? Jack Della Maddalena. Oh yeah, I've heard of that guy. That's true, and and this and the city city kickboxing thing too is is a uh, is a concern as well. But I, I'm going to go dog anyhow. I need some dogs. I'm going dog. It was kind Not of a chalky. Do- it was kind of a chalky card. I will say. I don't mean to spoil the next uh, the next two episodes all in a row here, but I will say yeah. this was chalkier than I felt in a while. Well, if we see our numbers are down for the next two episodes, I know who to blame for that. So <laughs> Well, last event went it was ten and one with the one underdog being a plus one hundred. So maybe we're on a a uh, chalky run here. Uh, we're up to sixty seven percent lifetime now uh, for dogs coming through. So even they've, it was so chalky, it even moved up my overall stats and the sixty seven percent on the year as well. So there you go. And women's sixty six percent. So that that used to be the uh, the hack bet uh, underdog women fighters, but not anymore. It's just as chalky as the men. So um, there's no females on this card, though, is there? No. What do they got about females in Australia? They got a problem with them? Anyhow, let's go to other shall we? Shane Young versus Gabriel Miranda. I heard Gumby talk about Mr. Miranda on his other podcast, the Top Turtle MMA podcast today. Uh, he's fly. He's fly, Gabriel Miranda. He's 16 to 6, one knockout, 15 submissions. So he's finished everyone, mostly on the ground. He's been knocked out twice. He's 0-1 in the UFC, 3-1 over his last four. Uh, did get TKO'd in his last fight. And who did he get TKO'd by, Dan? Uh, Miranda, uh, Benoit Saint-Denis. Yes. One, our boy, Benoit Saint-Denis. Everything, everything is uh, connecting back to UFC Paris. Uh, Miranda has not fought since then, September 2022. After you fight Benoit Saint-Denis, you do have to take at least a year off to, uh, to uh, fix things. I, I agree with that. Uh, he used to fight at lightweight, 2012 pro MMA debut, three inches taller than Young. He got outstruck in the Saint-Denis fight by 4.17 strikes per minute. He's got better grappling stats than Young, but it's based off a very small sample for Miranda. And he's at plus 145. Smoking Shane Young. No G in the end of it. Smoke in. He's 13 and 7, six knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out once. Two and four in the UFC. 0 and 3 over his last three fights, obviously. He's not won since February 2019. Was a regional champion. Used to fight at lightweight as well. 2012 pro MMA debut as well. Inch of reach over Miranda, three years younger, better striking stats, obviously, and more active landing strikes, obviously. Uh, he has been outstruck over his UFC career by 0.27 strikes per minute, minus 162. 
and he is Australian. Maybe we should uh, uh, call out which ones are Australian in case you, people want to pick the hometown people. Uh, Jusé, honorary Australian. Young, actual Australian. I am going dog again, Miranda. Fly Miranda, a wise man told me to, to pick him. Um, Young has just looked real bad recently. Lost three straight fights, like I said, has not won in uh, in Eon. So I'll, I'll take a flyer on Mr. Fly. I'm also going to pick Miranda here. I think uh, I think he's maybe catching a bad rap for that loss to Benoit Saint-Denis. Uh, and also, like, I would encourage anybody who's like, ah, oh, he's 0-1 in the UFC or whatever, and, you know, he doesn't have much experience. I'd encourage anybody who's saying that to go back and watch that fight because he actually takes down Benoit Saint-Denis in the first round. Uh, he, like, trips him and gets him down to the mat. Um, and Benoit Saint-Denis reverses a position. He actually winds up on top at one point and backs out of the grappling exchange because he doesn't like what he feels. Um, and just for the record, like, when you think about what Benoit Saint-Denis just did to Tiago Moises, who is extremely dangerous on the mat, he wanted all the smoke in the grappling realm for that fight. He wanted nothing from Gabriel Miranda on the mat because that's what Miranda felt like. And so I think that that's really telling. I would also just say, if you look at Shane Young, his takedown defense has not been good. Uh, he got taken down by Blake Builder. Uh, now, granted, not a lot of times by Blake Builder, but he got taken down by Blake Builder, who's now rocking 10% takedown accuracy, Blake Builder, after his fight with uh, Kyle Nelson. He also got taken down by Omar Morales uh, two out of two times. Um, and like, you know, I, I don't know about you. I don't think of Omar Morales as being like a guy who shoots takedowns. In fact, I, I think he's maybe only shot, you know, two or three in his whole career. Um, and yet he took down Shane Young without a problem. I think there's a massive grappling advantage here for Miranda. And I will also say, if you go back and you watch that fight with Benoit Saint-Denis, he actually hits him with some shots pretty square, maybe more square than we've seen any lightweight hit Benoit Saint-Denis with. So, you know, I, I think that that's really important. I also think, you know, when we're talking about Gabriel Miranda losing that fight, we're talking about him taking it on short notice. We're talking about him moving up a weight class. And now we're going to get to see him at his true weight class, 145. We're going to get to see him against a guy he can take down and possibly submit. I, I like him a lot in this spot. I think Gabriel Miranda is wildly underrated. All right. Awesome. You know what else is wildly underrated? Uh, walking around Home Depot holding a Darth Vader toy, don't you think? I I uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> I would say yes, that is pretty underrated. Yes. Okay. All right, good. <laughs> Maybe someday you'll know what I'm talking about. Let's uh, talk about Underdog Fantasy. You know about them? I that's actually the transition I thought you were going to make. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's true. It's true. I, I don't go through uh, Instagram while you're talking, Dan. Honest. I, I, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Underdog Fantasy. I knew what you're going to say about Miranda already. I heard you on your other show. Okay. Um, Underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick them game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they go higher or lower on one side of their stats, then do what you usually spend your Sundays doing watching the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five, four, five. That's some good money. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. So, um, do you have underdog picks, cowboy picks? I know you have underdog baseball picks because we make those every day on the site. Make sure you check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com for those. We I would just NFL tell you my, my hot streak lately uh, with underdog fantasy has just been taking any pitcher to strike out lots of guys on the Rockies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had uh, good. 
I had Merrill Kelly a couple of days ago. It was seven. It listed at seven and a half on his projection. I went higher than he wound up with 11 uh, at the time of recording this too. I'm in on uh, who, who the Diamondbacks pitching today. It was somebody who was only posted at four and a half though. And the Rockies love to strike out. So uh, yeah, go, go, go get a pick the guys against the Rockies. Yes. Yes. So here you go. Watch along whatever sport they got every sport on there watch along make your picks and maybe make a little cash over an underdogs mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com when you sign up the promo code sgpn underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks that's underdog fantasy promo code sgpn and don't forget we're giving actually this is new i haven't told you about this we're giving away stuff we always give away stuff to you we have a free roll football contest going on right now free season-long nfl pick em contest thousand dollars for first place 500 for second place if you're a Patreon member for the NFL season, your prizes double to $2,000 and $1,000. Plus, if a Patreon member wins the free roll football contest, they'll get the autographed full-size Sports Gambling Podcast helmet, which includes guests like Joe Theismann, Bill Romanowski, Pac-Man Jones, John Sally, Eric Metcalf, and LeGarrette Blunt. Sign-up link is in the SGPN app, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon to get in for your chance to double your prizes and win the weekly Patreon pickums. Boom. We're giving away lots of stuff. All right. Let's give away some more winning picks, shall we? We haven't even gotten out of the early prelims yet. Uh, Welterweights has some guy named Mike Mathitha fighting Charlie Radke. Both those guys are, both those names are their government names. We know them by their their stage names. Blood Diamond would be Mathitha. He's three and two. One knockout, one submission. He's been submitted himself once. Oh, and two in the UFC. He's uh, not fought since July of 2022. He's not won a fight since February 2020. He is a pro kickboxer, or was. Maybe he will be again very soon. Uh, he's an inch taller than Radke, plus 270, and Australian. Radke, Chuck Buffalo, obviously, is his name. That's a, a normal nickname for someone named Charlie Radke. He's 7-3, three knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once. This is his UFC debut. He's won four straight fights and five of six. He's not lost since March of 2021. He's won two straight fights via finish. He was, or is, the CFFC champion. I think we broke down one of his fights, probably a title fight, right? Yeah, when he fought Raheem Forrest. Right, right. And he won, and he's a champ. Uh, he used to fight at lightweight. Oh, one Bellator, 2012 pro MMA debut. He also is a pro grappler. He's two years younger than Mathitha, a.k.a. Diamond, and he's minus 295. So we got Mr. Buffalo versus Mr. Diamond. Yeah, it's all about Chuck Buffalo here. Um, it is. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck Buffalo is like a pretty damn good wrestler. Uh, I like what I've seen from him. He trains out of MMA Masters, which we've we've now seen is kind of turning into a place where we're seeing some like pretty decent wrestling coming out of there. Um, I'm not calling it like, you know, the best place in the world for wrestling, but that's now where Colby Covington trains. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest Aileen Perez fan, but like her wrestling looked good in her last fight. Like you have to at least give her that much. Um, but like Chuck Buffalo, good wrestling. You know, he, he rear naked choked Raheem Forrest, who's a really nice prospect in his own right. Probably see him on Contender Series in a future year anyway. So, like, he's a really good wrestler. He's up against a guy who's an atrocious wrestler. Um, I'm not, it, I, I think it was Turnip in the, the Discord who said it. I'm not even sure that Blood Diamond's a good kickboxer. Um, and if he's not. I was going to say, is he is he a, a good fighter? He, he, he no, he's atrocious that, I, uh, wrestler. Isn't he an atrocious MMA fighter as well? I mean, he's. I don't know if he's an atrocious MMA fighter. Like, I saved the word atrocious no. for, like, CM Punk. Um, like, that guy's <laughs> atrocious at fighting. Um, so he's not that bad. Like, he would beat the stuffing out of uh, CM Punk. But, like, 
he, he's a really bad wrestler. He his his striking like doesn't it just doesn't look as good as it should for a guy with that much kickboxing experience. And, and I just think uh, I think Radke's tough enough to take whatever he's gonna throw. I don't think he's going to get knocked out here. I mean, he went 15 minutes with Austin Hubbard at one point in time. Who who really throws him? I, I think it's just going to wind up with a whole bunch of takedowns. Probably a sub here for Chuck Buffalo. Um, so yeah, give me give me Chuck Buffalo. Would he beat up the Young Bucks though? Both of them. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Would he beat up the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? All, uh, you're lucky not to know the Young Bucks. So that's good. Um, I'm taking Buffalo as well. Not just because of the cool name, but yeah, obviously. Very, not just a clear path to victory. Um, Blood Diamond hasn't shown that he has this MMA thing figured out yet. So pr- probably got thrown in uh, the UFC. Well, he definitely got thrown in the UFC far too early. So he also, um, he also Buffalo, just like, mm. it's worth noting, got taken down at will by Orion Kosuke, who had maybe not the most successful UFC career. <laughs> there we go. Gumby's do it at it again flaming unsuspecting uh fighters um that aren't even involved in the card oh i was disappointed about this line though uh newcomer i thought i thought we could get him a little better than almost minus 300 no somebody's probably dumped on the the truck buffalo side by now it might have opened closer but there was there was no way this is gonna stay close yeah all right, that are the early those that are lows is the proper term. Lows are the early prelims. Now we're going to those regular prelims on ESPN, 8 p.m. ESPN, ESPN Plus. Lightweights, Nazareth Hakparast with Landon Quinones. Quinones, the lone wolf. Didn't we already have that? A Lobo Solitaro? Someone yeah, I think that's Solitaro, aren't they? Yeah, that's Jose Jose Johnson, but that's the solitary wolf. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, close enough. Um, <laughs> Quinones, 7-1-1, five knockouts, one submission. Never been finishing a fight. This is a short-notice debut. Warning, warning, danger, danger. Even though we did hit a short-notice debut uh, uh, last week, but she was hitting Zara Farron. So there you go. Um, Quinones, 0-1 in the Ultimate Fighter. So that means I've never seen him fight. He's won five straight fights. Last loss came, last official loss came April 2019. Was a regional champion 0-0-1 in Bellator. So he grew in his Bell- one Bellator fight. He also is a pro grappler, plus 360. Hak Prast, 14-5, nine knockouts, one knockout, one submission. For him, he's been 6-4 uh, and four in the UFC, so pretty solid. One and two over his last three, three and two over his last five. Won his last fight. That was back in September 2022. He used to fight at Welchweight, 2012 pro MMA debut. Inch taller than Quinones, minus 470. Block to the line, but uh, Hak Prast could could use to pass his record with, with some more wins here. So obviously he's going to beat a short notice replacement fighter here. Um, Hack Brass, maybe he hasn't lived up to the hype or, or what we hoped uh, when he came into the UFC, but he's definitely better than Quinones at this point. Yeah. I mean, just like the, the other thing is Quinones short notice halfway across the world, all that kind of stuff. But also in addition right. to that, I'm really low on his fight IQ. Like he, he, he was throwing hands in like a decent manner with, with Jason Knight and then was like, what if I shoot a takedown and I go right into his card um, and was like immediately triangled. Good like idea. The fight was, yeah, the fight was just like over right away. I think the whole fight lasted like 55 seconds or something like that. And I was just like, he didn't even give himself a chance to win that fight. You know what I mean? And that's uh, that's a huge bummer uh, and certainly doesn't make me want to back him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Hawk Ross too. He's probably not the type of guy 
who I'm squeezing in any place. Because like you said, his, his career really hasn't lived up to its standards. And who knows, maybe Quinones comes out here and does something wild. So this is, for me, a fight that feels like a parlay buster. You just completely keep it out of your parlays, despite the fact you I, I really don't feel like I can trust Quinones. Also, I, I just want to mention, when you said that he was in Bellator, I was like, he was in Bellator? So I went back and clicked. Um, he fought for Bellator MMA series, which I don't know if you remember was a brief, okay, yeah, yeah. It was a brief, yeah, it was a brief offshoot of Bellator that only took place on like the infield of like NASCAR events or something like that, or like like race car events. Um, right, yes, fought, yes. He fought on one of those. I think it was sponsored by Monster. He he fought on one of those, and that's where he got that draw in his pro debut. It's true. I remember. Well, I didn't remember. I I doubt I watched it, but yes, I remember that that series. I remember reading about the series. <laughs> I didn't actually watch it ever. Did you watch it, Dan? I feel like I might have watched it, but most likely because uh, it's Bellator, I did not. <laughs> yep. Very true. All right, let's uh, let's stick with lightweight, shall we? Jamie Malarkey versus John McDessy, a Canadian. Finally, a Canadian versus an Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Uh, McDessey, the bull, he is 18 and eight with nine knockouts. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once, 11 and eight in the UFC, lost win, lost for his last three. He's not fought since September 22, 2022, when he lost the fight. He hasn't been around that long, not year 22, 2022. He missed weight a couple times. So that was way earlier in his career. He's, he's been locked in since then. 2008 pro MMA debut, striking and active striking stats better than Malarkey. And he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.48 strikes per minute. So very decent number for a guy who's fought almost 20 times in the UFC. And he's at plus 215. Malarkey, nickname should be no, but is not. He's a 16 to 6, 10 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out four times, four and four in the UFC, two and one over his last three. Get did get TKO'd in his last fight, four and two over his last six. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get that shirt sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Be like turnip. Dress uh, dress in all our gear. Uh, used, Mr. Malarkey used to fight at Featherweight 2013. Uh, MMA debut professionally. Four inches taller than Nick Desi. Six inches of reach. Nine years younger. Despite fighting, what, eight times UFC, he's got a, a, a 0.0 strike differential, which is insane. He's been hit as often as he's hit his opponent, that means, which is pretty, pretty wild for that many fights. Better grappling stats than Mick Desi at minus 250. And it be you. I'm going to go with Jamie Malarkey here. Uh, this is another one of those fights where I, when I, I opened it up, I was like, oh, you know, who knows? Maybe I like the underdog here. But, uh, you know, I've been thinking about the way that Malarkey is looked as of late. And he's doing a much better job of fighting like a smart, safe fight with obviously the exception of the Muhammad uh, Naimov fight, which... Naimov came out and flatlined him. But, like, if you look at the Francisco Prado fight, that was just, like, a gamesman-type fight. Picked him apart from range, really used that distance. Um, He did a similar thing to Michael Johnson. So, like, he's only when he's running into people like Jalen Turner, you know, Naimov's big power, is he running into any trouble. And I think the, the big piece of that for me, too, is that when you look at, you know, you look at somebody like Jalen Turner, it gives him trouble with the height or gives him trouble with the reach or gives him trouble with the aggression. Uh, Cause nine months a little shorter, but it gave him trouble with the aggression. And, and McDessie just doesn't have any of that. 
Right, like McDessie is not an, an aggressive striker. He's a let the fight come to me kind of guy. He's way shorter than than Malarkey here. And also, like, should any grappling happen in this fight, it ain't going to be McDessie coming out on top of that, too. I, I think this is uh, Malarkey's here. Negative 250 is definitely too steep for me to really love the price here. But, you know, gun to my head, I, I do kind of like Malarkey in this fight. Yeah, I, I, I like Malarkey as well. But, yeah, the line. The line is not good, Dan, unfortunately. Um, uh, I was hoping it would be a closer. Because on paper, it's a closer fight, actually. McDessie's hasn't, like, he, he's not it. But, but do you but do you feel point. tempted do you feel tempted to lay on McDessie at like two to one though like yes. it's that yes you, you yes, do a little bit much. okay yeah a little okay. bit yeah because yeah. because I'm not even yeah, sure I'm not even sure at two to one I'm like ooh John McDessie it's like <laughs> I, I I think I I just want to say I I'm probably just gonna pass on this unless the line comes down on on Malarkey because the other thing is too is like both of them could, in theory, finish the other one, or this could go 15. It's not even like an easy one to find a prop on. Does anyone say, ooh, John McDessie, Dan? I just, I, mean, I, like I just did. I mean, I just I just did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's he's old, and he barely fights anymore. Like, he takes, like, years off in between fights. So, yeah, you can't really back that. But, you know, he, he is an underdog. If, if uh, some people might be chasing by this point of the night, Dan, so who knows? Um, all right. In this in the Discord, of course. Uh, featherweights, Jack Jenkins, Ozzy 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 versus Chepe Marisol, not Ozzy Ozzy Ozzy. Um, let's get back to the proper page here on my spreadsheet. All right. I'm gonna tell you about Marisol Machine Gun. Chepe is 14 to 6, six knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked three times, one and only UFC. He's won four straight fights. He's not lost since September of 2020. Used to fight at lightweight, was a regional champion. Into reach on Jenkins, more active landing strikes. He's and he's got a positive strike differential in his one UFC fight of 1.33 strikes per minute, plus 175. Ozzy, 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 fair. Jack Jenkins, we talked about this before, didn't we? What that? Yeah, we have we have no we have no idea what it means. <laughs> Is that what we decided? Okay, good. Um, he's 12 and two, five knockouts, three submissions. He's been submitted twice. So he's been finishing both of his losses via submission. Uh, two and on the UFC, one and on contender series, nine straight wins. He's not lost since March of 2018. Multiple championships on his mantle. Correct. Get sure. Be a, be a, a turn up. Sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. Uh, he's a year younger than Marisol. He's got better striking stats, but Marisol's fought once in the UFC. Uh, and Jenkins has outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 1.55 strikes per minute. Minus 200. Give me Jenkins. He has looked fire. Fire emoji since uh, he's come on the contender series and UFC scene. So I see no reason why that will stop on his home turf. Yeah. And I, I liked Chepe quite a bit in his debut too. I mean, he went toe to toe with, with Trevor peak and just threw absolute yep. hammers uh, back and forth. We we're, we're on the wrong side of that. Yeah. And, and he mixed in his wrestling pretty well here too. But the, the difference for me is I, I just don't think he'll mix in his wrestling against a guy like Jack Jenkins. Like if you go back to his losses, Chepe's, like they're the guys who were, you know, fringe kind of UFC guys um, in like Steve Garcia and Sean Soriano who both wrestle pretty well and they, you know, either stuffed them or made him strike with them and, and stuff like that. So I think Jenkins is the type of guy who's going to stuff them. I also think 
he's not going to get the brawl out of Jack Jenkins that he wants, right? Like he's a guy who wants to brawl. Jack Jenkins is just going to technically pick him apart, I think. And if he tries to brawl, I think he's just going to get hit too much. So yeah, I, I like Jack Jenkins here to just be like the volume approach. You'd probably get it done. Okie dokie. We are on the same page here. Have we? Yeah, we differed. Uh, have we differed? Have we differed on anything, Gumby? Yeah, you, you yeah, took, uh, fight, you took right? Keeper Crosby out the gate. All right, let's go main event of the prelims. Gumby was cutting out again in my ears. I'm assuming he's not talking anymore. Hopefully, he's not cutting out on uh, at home. You, I really, you're, you're, I really uh, hope it's nervous right now, aren't you? I really hope it's your terrible recording in your phones <laughs> and maybe technical glitches on your side and my stuff's all fine. We are like, what, 10 hours away from each other? So come on. You know, it takes it takes a while for uh, for the voices to get to each other. So I get it. Uh, um, all right. Main event of the prelims. It is. I don't think we're going to differ on this one. So one fight always is always one fight. We differ on this is light heavyweight. It's Carlos Alberg versus Daong Jung. Tell you about Jung first. Seseda is the name. I think I know what that means now, Dan. S-S-E-D-A. Google came through. Do you know what it means? Yeah, it's a type of safety helmet. It's true. It's also the strongest of the strong is what it translates to, apparently. Oh. oh put that in your book. Put, put that in your in your binder of nicknames. Um, Jung, 15-4-1, 11 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 4-2-1 in the UFC. He's lost two straight fights. Before that, he won two straight. Used to fight at heavyweight. Was a regional champion. Interreach on Ulberg, three years younger. He's outstruck his UFC opponent. No, he's been outstruck, excuse me, by 0.14 strikes per minute. And he's at plus 235. Black Jag is Allberg's nickname. Eight and one, six with six knockouts. He's been knocked out once. Four and one in the UFC. He's gone four and over his last four fights. And three straight, he's knocked out or TKO'd his opponent. One no in the contender series. Blech, contender series. Uh, used to fight at heavyweight. 2011 pro MMA debut. 19 and two as a pro kickboxer. Better striking stats. Then Zhang, and he's almost two and a half times more active landing strikes than Zhang is. He's outstruck his UFC points by 4.68 strikes per minute, which is a huge number, especially when you've got uh, amazing power like Alberg does. He's at minus 270. Tell us why Alberg is the pick, Dan. Yeah, I'm going Alberg. I, I think, but uh, my, my problem with Dawoon Zhang is is often when he was, you know, sort of making his way up the UFC, and and I mean he he was almost ranked at a certain point. He was beating guys and knocking them out and choking them out and stuff like that. And we were like, wow, look at all these great fights in a row from Dawoon Jung. You look back at him and you're like, what the hell was I impressed in? He beat Kadis Abrigamov, who wound up being one of the worst dudes to make the UFC, uh, maybe of all time. He lost to Dawoon Jung, Ed Herman, Roman Delize, Danilo Marquez, uh, went 0-4 and left the, the org. He beat Mike Rodriguez. Uh, which in retrospect, probably not that great of a win either. He drew with Sam Alvey. <laughs> he drew with <laughs> Sam Alvey. How long uh, ago though? Uh, only two, two, three years. Less than less than three years ago. There you go. Um, not long and enough. Then, and then he beat Thick Willie William Knight. So like the the four fights out of the gate, I think had us all hyped on him. Since then, you know, like I mean, he did have the Kenny Inzuchuku fight, but then he got knocked out hard by Dustin Jacoby. Devin Clark outstruck him and controlled him in every sense of the word. Like he's going to fight Alberg, a guy who fights a lot like Jacoby with the knockout power. I, I just don't think he's going to get his hands on Alberg. And Alberg has looked better and better and better every time he's been in the cage. You know, the the last two fights, especially the one against Potiera, looked just like top notch. Um, you know, apart from the when he punched himself out against Kennedy and Zuchuku in his his first UFC fight. 
Apart from that, he's looked as advertised. I think he's got all the power in the hands. He's going to land a big hook and end this one. Boom, yeah. Uh, Alberg has looked what we were hoping. A uh, little hiccup coming out of the gates, but yeah, he's he's uh, been all that he was advertised heading into the UFC, or all that we hoped. And Australian. So there you go. All right. That is the prelim picks as recap for you. Alberg, Jenkins, Malarkey, Hackprest, Buffalo, a.k.a. Radke. If, you're, uh, if your book doesn't say Buffalo, it is Radke. Um, Young, and he has Jusse. I have Crosby. Perfect. Right? Yeah, it works for me. Well, hopefully, no, Gumby wants wants to hang up so you can see if his voice appeared on the uh, on the recording or not, right? Yeah, that's uh, right about where I fall right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got to tell everyone all the all the plugs quickly at the end. Discord, of course, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Get in there. Have fun with us. Uh, Twitter, SGPN MMA. Jeff Fox Writer. Gumby Vreeland. I'm Jeff Fox Writer on Instagram. He's got Top Turtle MMA Podcast. Who's on it this week, Gumby? I just listened, and I'm still asking you who's on it. Uh, we're talking to Fernando Padilla, who's fighting on Noche UFC. Uh, and then we're also talking to Malik Lewis, who is main eventing next week's Contender Series. There you go. It's always good. Interviews. Gumby Gumby uh, knows what he's doing when it comes to interviewing these fighters. Uh, what else can I tell you about? Oh, my sub stack. Get in there. And, and at the very least, let me give you free prizes. Enter the Pick'em Contest. MoneyMMA.substack.com. And all good things in the sports gambling world is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and on our Patreon. We'll be back very shortly tomorrow to bring you more winning picks for the main card. It will be me, Big Daddy, Jeff Fox, and uh, what should your name be? Gumby. Um, Blood Diamond. Gumby Vreeland will be with me too. All right. All right. Bye-bye.